yeah, we're starting. Holy we're shit. Starting. Okay. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Not welcome, just welcome. You well, are listening to Hunting Pixels, the one and only official video game podcast of Culture Bop. We have a great, a great, yeah, <laughs> we have quite a show for you today. Uh, earlier this week, we released a special episode talking about music and video games hosted by one and only uh, Austin. Uh-oh. That's me. Um, oh, why do I have this pulled up over here? Get out that off the screen. Everybody can see our document. Not no more. Boy, one of these days I'll learn how to Twitch stream, guys. Um, not anytime soon, though. Yeah, not anytime soon. Anyway, uh, yeah, Austin and special guest Johnny McLane uh, hosted That's that episode. Dumb name. Very dumb. Almost as dumb as Austin. Um, hey, fuck you. <laughs> well, frankly... Music just means a whole lot to us, so we've decided to talk about our favorite soundtracks from gaming as a sort of sister episode to that uh, to that special edition one. On top of that, Josh has some thoughts on some media. Um, we've got some games to talk about, of course. Oh, and of course, Austin and Dylan will do their usual things, you know, playing straight man and talking about anime. With that said, I am, of course, your host, the one, the only Bebop Man, Josh McMullen, and I am joined today, as always, by my two co-hosts, Dylan, The Trail, Martin, and Austin, Wake Up, Get Up, Get Out There, Stevens. How is it going, fellas? <clears throat> Josh, it's going oh, okay. since that I forgot we had an outline. Also, I realized seven and a half hours into my eight-hour shift that I forgot what the topic of the show was this week, so I didn't come prepared. Um, oh, boy. It's this been I'm, week I'm, on. I'm remembering the topic now as I'm reading about the topic. Well, so. I just put my three down, because luckily that's stuff that I... <laughs> it's a fucked week, guys. You're going to hear some shit this week. Boy. You know, boy, are you good. ever. But I'm here. As we're talking about the things that we've been doing, Dylan just got promoted and is now working unreasonably stupid shifts and i just got a uh or just started an internship that is um uh oh no why did i just do that okay there we go um i just started an internship which means that i'm working two jobs as well as doing everything here so my week was also fucked i can't tell you how many times i've drone to athens and back yeah oh that's not good i hate that fun times That's and i still i gotta do it at least one more time so what do you have to do uh drive to athens, athens. yep no greece this is an hour away mm. yeah or yeah athens greece that's that's mm. where i'm driving to across the atlantic ocean makes sense makes sense i think elon musk made a tunnel if i'm not mistaken mm. Mm. Okay. that sounds like something he would have an unreasonably amount of money to do so he's doing it through california right now it's pretty cool mm. yeah didn't he say that that's how that's how we get rid of traffic, not going up and with flying cars and shit, but going underground. Yes, sir. He's such a strange guy. But it fucking works. The man's making me money through Tesla, so I don't give a shit. Yep. That's all I care about. <laughs> give me that Tesla stock money. Yep. <laughs> Honestly. Um, we are not sponsored by Tesla in any meaningful way. But we will take we are, each individual. We are sponsored by Coke. Where's my cut? 
<laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm sitting over here poor, bro. Like, what's happening? Oh, man. Was Does it last Coke week that we took Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And apparently they're getting rid of it. Um, you can't find two liters of it anywhere anymore. Pepsi um, makes Dr. Pepper. Probably because it's gross. Um, Pepsi used to own Dr. Pepper, but they do not uh, currently have any rights to it anymore. It's the Dr. Pepper Snapple Company. Snapple? Hmm. Holy shit. I've never had a Snapple. Oh, they're great, but they're full of cigar. Mm, makes All sense. kinds of cigar. And they makes have a sense. nice little effect underneath the, t- the caps. That's really why I bought them. The, oh, the facts that they give you? Mm-hmm. They're great. It's funny. Yeah. I learned some shit. I don't remember it, but I know I learned something. If I heard it again, I'd be like, yeah, that was a Snapple fact. Did you learn it if you don't remember it? <laughs> yeah, I, I store stuff. It com- compartmentalization really came around the time. It, it comes and goes, really. really. Oh, my God. On. Oh, my God. I learned how to do it. Yay, our first daddy death sighting. I'm out. I'm out. But not the last. But not the last. I will. Uh, no, give, give me a second. I'll, I'll I'll find a way to sneak a joke in there. Oh God! You want to know what's a joke? What? Nothing. Our lives. Yeah. I have no. I have no. That's how tired I am. I really wanted to make something like a funny transition into needing you know search parties or some shit for Josh's title, or you know the first topic that he's talking about. I don't have yep. the motivation. Could, couldn't do it. He's a tired no. boy. Jesus tired. Christ. Mentally fat- fatigued. You guys are both like, just fuck this. Fuck everything about this. Yeah, it's like in a week's time, I got old. That was really cool how that just happened. That's crazy. Yeah. Yep. Wow. I've been old for a very long time, so welcome to the club. I know. Yeah, I caught up. Well, <laughs> guys, I finished Search Party. Um, I know I had talked about this like two episodes ago i think and uh we were very close to the end of the first season and uh we just barreled through the rest of it um so as a reminder search party is about this group of 20 something year olds who they go uh on a sort of like uh mystery i want to say hunt but that's not right um so that anyway, they get dragged into the mystery of uh, this missing girl who was a acquaintance of theirs in college, and uh, shit kind of goes off the rails from there. So the ending of season one has a really big kind of like I don't want to say twist, but like kind of like reveal that really recontextualizes. Um, what the show is about. So, spoiler alert, because there's no way for me to explain what happens without explaining what happens, if that makes sense. So, the entire first season is kind of about, like, finding meaning and finding purpose. And Dory's entire, like, journey throughout the first season is, she starts with... Like she goes in for an interview and she doesn't get it. And the woman basically tells tells her like, I don't know why the fuck anyone would want to do anything with you. I forget what the, what the job was, but it it was some sort of like self-help sort of thing, I think. And so then she goes outside, finds this poster of the girl, and then it kind of eats at her. And, so it's 
it's literally about finding her purpose and it's kind of thrown out there about all the characters like uh elliot and portia are both like trying their hardest to fit in into the areas that they have kind of like driven themselves into and then drew is trying to work this like business job that is very clearly like he's trying to fit in sort of thing but it doesn't necessarily look like he is that kind of person and so dory starts uh searching for chantal and it starts to give her purpose and like she meets this private eye and like they kind of have like a like they have an affair sort of it's only like once that they have sex but like it's sort of like emotional cheating sort of thing and then it turns out that he's kind of weird and is like Hey, we had sex once, and now guess what? I've got feelings for you. Uh, also, I have a daughter. Hey, uh, do you will, do you want to take like a family trip and stuff? And it's really weird, and she gets taken aback by it. But like, that doesn't stop her from wanting to solve the the mystery of where Chantal is because she knows that. She, what, anyway, so finally, at the end of season one, they end up at this house uh, in Canada, and. Keith, who is the private eye that she's been having an affair with, shows up and she is like, whoa, what the, you know, what the fuck's he doing here? And she tries to like kind of hide from him and then she gets caught and then she thinks that he's going to do something bad to her. So she tases him. When she tases him, he falls backwards and cracks his skull on the island in the kitchen. So he gets up. And is all groggy and it's like, oh, yo, what the fuck? Like, why are you doing this to me? Like, I thought we had something and blah, blah, blah. And he starts like attacking her. Uh, And then Drew comes in and takes this. It's an obelisk, but it's like a little statuette. I don't know. Like, it's made of marble, I think. And cracks him over the back of the skull and kills him. So that happens. Then. Portia comes in with Chantal. And guess what? They met at a bar while she was trying to, while Portia was trying to hook up with one of these French Canadian dudes. And Chantal tells her the entire story of why she is missing. And it has nothing to do with the fact that like anyone kidnapped her or anything like that. She just ran away from home because of a bad breakup. So, Literally the entire time, like, you're on this journey with Dory. She's trying to find her purpose. She's found it. And then it's all for fucking nothing. But now there are consequences for their actions. They just killed a guy. And because of that, it really kind of goes back to what I thought the show was initially about when I was watching, like, the first couple episodes. And it's about these bad people doing good things, so to speak. But like, it really isn't about that. It's about the narcissism that goes along with that and how bad these people truly are. Like Elliot immediately jumps to like, well, we've got to, we've got to bury the body. We've got to like get rid of it and whatever. Cause this is going to fuck everything up for all of us. And like, so the entire series now becomes like, to me, a, a totally different thing. And then, so after season one, it kind of switches genre from season to season. So season one was kind of like a 
dark comedy mystery sort of thing. And then season two is more of like a Hitchcockian psychological thriller. And like even down to like the the way that like the show was like framed in its camera work. And like there is at one point um, the I forget what episode it is, but Dory is wearing this dress that is very reminiscent of old Hollywood. She's got her hair all done up and she does the, the fall back towards like a green screen. That's like very clearly vertigo. Like it's just ripped straight out of Hitchcock. Mm-hmm. It's I, it, season two is very, very good. And then after season two, it goes to a sort of crime drama that's inspired by like John Grisham stuff, like the Pelican brief and, um, I'm, I'm forgetting the one that Tom Cruise was in the firm. Maybe. Yeah. I, I might have that wrong. Anyway, uh, that one's really good too. Louis Anderson makes a cameo and he is fucking hysterical. Like I think he's in like maybe three or four episodes and he is just so fucking funny. There's a scene in the courtroom where they, um, discuss, pancaking and he delivers a line about like what pancaking is from urban dictionary and it is one of the funniest driest fucking deliveries i've ever heard in my life it's so fucking funny um but during that it also kind of keeps the psychological undertones and then it goes back to season four being like a straight up psychological thriller it's very much in the vein of misery so there's like a you know (laughs) captured person to it and um, I just read it. That is oh, one yeah. of the funniest things I have ever fucking heard. Yeah, it's fucking hilarious. Can I please read it for the podcast? Sure, go right ahead. And if this is not the correct one, then please let me know. But uh, pancaking is the sexual act in which a pancake is wiped across the person's asshole and then slapped against their titties until one or both partners comes. Yep. <laughs> is it wrong that I'm kind of hard now? Like, the band that is read in the middle of a very serious court scene. Here we go. Compartmentalization. I'll <laughs> <that for> later. <laughs> but one day I'll I'll need to remember what pancaking means, and I'll be thankful for this. Yeah, I do want to say about this really quickly that one of the actors that I saw in it is John Reynolds, and I absolutely love him in Stranger Things. Uh, yep, he plays one of the officers in Stranger Things, mm-hmm. especially in the first season. He's really predominant, and I love him in that show so much. I mean, he plays Officer Callahan, if you know who that is in Stranger Things. But he is fantastic. He's an underrated actor to me. Yeah. We actually had a weird kind of like uh, side conversation the other day in our Discord about how I have, if if I were gay or bi, he is exactly my type. Like, I don't know That's why. That was? Yeah. I find him so attractive, and I have no fucking clue why. I just think I'm like, yep, that's the dude. Is that really who you were talking about? Yeah. I have to scroll back like 10 years <laughs> to find that. Yeah, we, we talk a lot in the Discord. Um, that that I, I've never seen him because I don't watch Stranger Things. Um, you're missing out. Oh, you haven't seen that shit? What? I, no, I have. I watched the first season and I... I didn't hate it, but I just genuinely didn't give a fuck about it enough to keep watching. Um, but I, I didn't know who exactly you were talking about, and I looked him up, and I went to Google Images, and that seems like it would be your type. Yep. 
Like, it's just, I don't know what it is. I don't know. I don't but, like, know what it if, is. If you were gay, that's it. Yep. That's but so weird. I'm trying to figure out if I have a type and I can't peg it. I really can't. I have one, but I'm not going to say it. In terms of men, <laughs> women obviously have a type. Oh, no, I mean men. Hispanic? Yeah, Me? Any, anyone not white, generally. <laughs> Off of that. I mean... And you don't... Never mind. It's fine. I'm not <clears throat> shaming. Just... Well, anyway, uh, yeah, search party. It's really good. Watch it. What the fuck like, just happened? Yeah, seriously, really. Like, I, I highly, highly, highly recommend the show. It's so fucking good. Okay, I'll check it out. Austin, what the fuck is Aquarian? Uh, so this is the part where Dylan's gonna mute his mic because Dylan is not gonna enjoy any bit of what's about to be said. I have a feeling I'm not gonna I'll enjoy it either. Type. I didn't enjoy it. If it makes you feel any fucking better. Um, Edris Elba oh, is like genuinely handsome. Oh, he's, he's a very looking dude. I think that's a good type. That's fair. If someone could, never mind. All right, let's. <laughs> I'm more of a fanboys kind of guy myself, but that's fair. That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, I I, I couldn't tell you why. I just know that I am. Yeah, there's no middle ground. It's either yeah. yeah, like it's it's like the best of both worlds, really. Honestly. Anyway, Aquarion. Um, so believe it or not, in the last two, what, two weeks since we, since we've gotten, uh, together for a show, um, I haven't watched any anime at all except Aquarion. And it's really sad that that was the one, um, I didn't finish it. I am about halfway through. It's only 24 episodes and I'm going to finish it eventually, but holy fucking shit. Is this show actually terrible? Normally, I, I talk about anime that I really like and got into, but oh my god, this show is so fucking bad. Um, I I understand that it's super po- when something gets super popular, it, it's it's very common in any industry, uh, whether it's music, film, uh, video games, anime. It's super common to be inspired uh, by what was popular and you know make a direct ripoff, but try your best not to make it a direct ripoff. Um, Aquarion fails at that really bad. Uh, it is very much so a direct ripoff of uh, Evangelion. The 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 end like the main antagonists are also called angels. Like they didn't even fucking try. Um, the whole premise of the show is basically these uh, godlike creatures are attacking humanity and like kidnapping people and like stealing their souls or something. I don't I don't fucking know. Um, and so there's like a school for kids with like meta human powers that are chosen to pilot these like really strange looking fighter jets. Uh, there's three of them. And then the fighter jets like merge into one bigger thing, uh, one bigger giant robot. But the catch is when these fighter jets merge into one big giant robot, the pilots come, they all orgasm. So it's essentially Gundam. But with coming, I, I don't and, and they don't ever say that they're not ever like, oh, yeah, like when we do this, we orgasm. They don't ever say that. But like the moans in the Ahago faces are kind of enough to tell oh, you that that's what's Ahago happening. Faces, oh, my God. Um, And, and it's it, it's ju- it, it's just a very strange fucking concept. And it's so it's so blatantly obvious, obviously. Uh, huh? What is it called? Aquarion. I'm, I thought you said Aquarius. That's why I was specifying. Okay. 
Um, well, it's just so you know, it's a water company, so I guess I need to specify anime when I search this shit. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but um, it, it's very much a direct ripoff of Evangelion, and they, they really didn't even try to hide that. Um, the whole, like, angels, godlike creatures attacking humanity, and for some reason only kids can fight them off. It's just... I, and there are there are a lot of mech animes that were quote unquote heavily inspired by Evangelion and did very similar things like Darling in the Franks is a huge one that everybody fucking loves uh, that did it. But like they did it well, they they made it they made sure the show had its own identity and it could be separated from that. And Aquarion just didn't do a good job at that. It's filled with nonsensical, forgettable characters like uh and they all have like they're 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 metahumans and they all have like the most basic bulls like one girl one girl is uh one girl has psychokinesis, another gr- girl has like super strength, one guy can for some reason only shoot fireballs out of his feet. <laughs> like he like firebender. And, and he's a soccer player, so oh, go fucking figure. Course, yeah. Um, is it Genesis of Aquarion? Uh no, I think that was I think that was a a, a sequel that somehow got greenlit. Um, I know there's, there's Aquarion, there's Aquarion Evol, and then there's another one. So I see the full name might be Genesis Aquarion. I I don't know. I just, I just know it's a bad fucking show. Um, I'm going to finish it because it's only 24 episodes and I'm halfway through and I really don't have anything else to watch right now. So I was like, God damn it. I might as well just fucking sit down and finish this fucking pile of shit. But it's, you have stranger things to watch. I'm not going to watch stranger things. It's not happening. (laughs) I don't like it. I didn't care for it. It didn't grab me. Uh, you have bad taste. I know. You told me that once an episode. <laughs> I'm aware. But I just... It, it's not that I think it's a bad show. Like, I think the show's fine. I just... It's just not... I don't know. The story was just not something Better I could get Better than Well... Everything else issue, in the world is. Is that you're watching that... <laughs> you won't watch Stranger Things, but, like, Spacesuit, come Gundam, fucking wins... <laughs> And that's why I'm really concerned. I don't know, man. I'm already halfway through it. How many seasons of Stranger Things are there? Like four? There's about to be four. Yes. Yeah. It should come out this year. See, should I got to watch two more seasons, two whole seasons. Season two is shit. Yeah, I want season two. I didn't I didn't watch it, watch it, but I, I watched a couple episodes with Madison. Really? Hold on for a fucking second, actually. Uh, did you really mean that? Mm-hmm. I genuinely think season two is the worst uh, season. Season one is really good, I'm not going to lie. Season two is fucking fantastic. Season three was good up until the sing-along. Uh, <laughs> that... Honestly, it makes I have no context of what's going on. No, but you will if you watch the show. It's actually worth it just to see that scene. Maybe, <clears throat> maybe, maybe, maybe because I know Madison really likes it. I, I don't know if she has seen, she seen all of it. I don't. I, I want to say yes, but I don't know if she's seen season three. I remember her distinctively watching season two. Imagine being in a dire situation where, like, the world kind of depends on you, and you're. 15 years old um and then your long distance girlfriend uh-huh <laughs> is the only way you can save the world and when you call her in need of dire help amongst all your friends police officers mothers 
she doesn't help you until you sing along with her. And that happened in Stranger Things season three. Is that would you not do that in a dire situation? <laughs> I wouldn't be the cunt that makes me sing. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's fair. That's uh, fair. But <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a great show. I'm surprised you don't like season two. I'd like to talk. I mean, realistically, in my uh, what I've been doing this week, are you finished with Aquarion? Yeah, I don't want to talk about it anymore. So, yeah. (laughs) I honestly don't want to think about it anymore. It's so stupid. So what I've been doing this week is in my show description, I say literally nothing outside of work, which is mostly true. But we have started rewatching Stranger Things in preparation for season four. And... I'm so digging season one, but why don't you like season two? Like, since we're on the topic, season two is the worst paced of the three. Um, season one is perfectly paced from beginning to end. True. And like, that's from, I, I mean, that's everything from like a writing to like an editing thing. Like everything about season one is just like perfect. I would, I, there aren't many, Seasons of television that I would call perfect, but I would call Stranger Things season one perfect. I agree. Um, it was huge when it first came out. Yeah, do, yeah. Real quick, as an aside, I remember seeing the trailer for Stranger Things and like it was in it, it, immediately I was like, this is from the 80s. Like this is just straight up fucking. This is me. Like I am all I, over. I this. could absolutely see that. And I was telling everyone that I could do check out the trailer. It's going to be awesome, whatever. And every time somebody would like check out the trailer, they'd be like, Oh yeah. I mean, I guess it could be okay. No, every time, every time, dude. And then it was like a month later, I was like, dude, you guys have got to watch. This is so good. And I would still get met with that same thing. And then it was like two months later and it started fucking catching on. And then it was like three months later and it was like a fucking phenomenon across the world. And I was like, Told you, yeah, I told you, motherfuckers, and it's so true because season one brings so much that we really didn't know it was going to do. I mean, it looks great from the trailer and everything, but it brings like a heart wrenching story mixed with horror suspense, almost mixed with some fucking badass eighties vibes, right? Like there is that whole show is just littered with eighties shit. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really unique. So season one, perfect. I do agree. I could not dispute that. What? So aside from the pacing, what else so, do you like about season two? Okay. So another thing about season two that I really don't like. Hang, actually, hang on real quick. Since since we're doing this. Um, I wish I could watch stuff Google like Stranger Box. Things. I wish you could too. And put down the other thing. <laughs> I think I've ruined myself. <laughs> I've been only watching anime in Brooklyn Nine-Nine for so long. Which is essentially anime. That I just straight up, like, I genuinely what? get bo- I get bored by anything else. All right, uh, let me find my script for... I, I've, watched, I've watched all seven seasons of Brooklyn Nine-Nine at least ten times apiece. Now you need to watch The Office. That's not all happening. Right. Stranger Things Season 3. <laughs> I haven't lined up. You and... What? You and 300 other people keep trying to convince me to watch The Office. You'd think right. after 299, you'd get the point. So a lot of the stuff that um, 
I really liked about season two didn't come till much later in the se- uh, in the season. So like, I mean, this is I guess still technically part of like the the pacing issues, but like s- episodes six, eight, and nine are all really good, <laughs> but parts of the show in in the sort of like build up just don't like coalesce correctly for me like for just for instance max comes in and max is awesome she's like a nice full foil to like the boys she's like almost the exact opposite of 11 in a lot of ways and like i love her but then go ahead it's actually i completely agree about max but because I was kind of reflecting about season three in my head about, uh, you know, they had that one really cringe ass thing that happened. And then I remembered, you know, season two did bring the whole bitching. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. So I'll I'll let you continue. But I, that's why it hit me real hard. And I was like, you know what? Season two is not as great as I remembered it being. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but, so so she's great. Right. Uh, and I really I really like her like. Uh, Sadie Sink is really fun in the role, but then you got Billy, who's literally got like zero fucking depth to him whatsoever, and is really honestly just a throwaway character. And he didn't, I like, I get that he needed to be in there to provide the like bully angle that like a lot of 80s movies had, but at the same time, like, you could have given him something more, which is something that season three actually kind of retroactively does. Yeah, and, I, and that's what I was about to say. It's like, I know he wasn't really prominent in season two and like some major role, but they truly build on his character in season three, mm-hmm. and he almost steals the show for me in season three. Oh, I agree. I think he's my yeah. favorite character in season three. I think you're right. I need to rewatch it, though. Um, I really like the idea of Eleven's arc in season two in premise, but like the execution is really bad and it takes forever to her for her to get to like that scene in Chicago or well, not that scene, that entire episode in Chicago, which again, like that episode alone would knock it down under season one for me because that episode is so out of left field and it's full of like these characters that are just immediately unlikable and like, just frankly annoying like the the one guy who's field dude like what the fuck yeah uh i don't know man there there are like a ton of subplots that i felt like didn't go anywhere like season two isn't bad it just when you compare it to the other two seasons in my opinion it just doesn't hold a candle to them yeah like it season three still has its problems and i think that there's a video i watched probably around the time that Stranger Things season three came out that basically said, uh, this shouldn't have gone past season one. And I think I kind of agree with that because season one is perfect and it, it, it didn't need the follow up. I'm glad that we have it. I like those other two seasons, but like, I almost wish it would have went the anthology route and had just a completely new set of characters. Damn, a completely that new scenario. Sick. I didn't think about that. Yeah, like an I, American Horror Story type of thing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Gotcha. Would you? Okay, that's an aside. Um, but you know, thinking about it like now, I think it was a good season. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I would not put it above one ever. 
I couldn't. I mean, no one could. Um, yeah. I, I have my likes and loves from two and three, so they're kind of tied for me. Like, that's how much I did like season two. But mm. I'm rewatching it now, so hopefully I'll have more um, input later on. But that's literally all I've been doing this week is that. And I mean, the game, the single game that I've been playing, which I'll get to later. But that's it. Stranger Things and work and work and work. Yep. <clears throat> Austin, what were you laughing at just a second ago? Me personally? Uh, Austin. Your, your oh. screen glitching up so bad, and all I saw was for like oh. a solid five seconds. Yeah, not because he and I, <laughs> I think we both saw it at the same time. Oh, yeah, we did. We just kept it going. Like, I knew in my head that your audio would still be there on the podcast. But uh, for a second, like, your screen, like, your camera totally froze up, and we didn't hear anything. So we're both just kind of oh. like, is he okay? <laughs> it, it, it was just the face that it froze on did it for me yeah it was Fair funny enough. we kept it going it's like you didn't even know yeah yeah honestly good good for you guys you guys are better hosts than i am <sighs> it's true nothing right. to be argued let's get to our main topic do we have music to? is an integral part to or is as integral to gaming as it is to any other form of visual media out there. Without music, we couldn't have the same feeling of intensity in the boss battles of The Witcher 3, nor could you have the feeling of adrenaline pumping vigorously through your veins as when the chase music hits in Metal Gear Solid. I don't think that that's an actual sentence. <laughs> I think that is very poorly written. <clears throat> anyway, you did your best. It's okay. Yeah. I threw it together real quick. It's all right. On the opposite end of the spectrum, you couldn't have the same feeling of immense sadness as you would when Sniper Wolf tells her life story at the end of her boss fight or the death of Aerith mm. in Final Fantasy VII. Mm, grab that. And as Austin said in his intro on the special episode, it's a little bit sad that music is often overlooked in favor of narrative or gameplay. And so today, we're going to talk about our favorite video game soundtracks. Uh, we're gonna switch it up the same way we did last time. I am not gonna go first. Who wants to go first? I'll do it. Who wants to I'm do? embarrassed with my list. Why are you uh, embarrassed with your list? Those and why would that make you want to go first? Oh, I like to get the bad shit out of the way. Oh, okay, that's fair. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, um, that's why Josh usually goes first. It's it's I true. Have no order. You know what? Let's let Austin go first. God fucking damn it. <laughs> Let me look and see what I even put the fuck down. Sorry, this is an awkward silence. I'm really sorry. Give me a sec. I gotta boot my boot my shit back up. Uh, scroll all the way down. Ba, 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 ba. Mm. Oh, okay. Um, mm, I'm gonna talk about Persona Five first because it's like my least favorite soundtrack of the three. Um, Whoa, really? Yeah. Uh, no, now that's not saying that I don't think Persona Five soundtrack fucking bangs, but no, out of the I, three, it is my absolute least favorite. Uh, best one. Actually, you have on there. <clears throat> actually, I. You're right. Ocarina of Time is my least favorite of the three, but I'm still gonna do Persona Five first. Um, so the I looked it up, and I had it, and I lost it because I looked up John Reynolds for your goofy ass. So I can see what you were talking about. <laughs> um, but so all, all, all of the all of the main themes from Persona Five are sung by the same woman. Uh, her name is Lynn. I I not, I'm not even gonna try to pronounce that. You guys can Google that and look that shit up for your own because I'm not gonna butcher that. Um, 
but she is fucking fantastic. She's a Japanese uh, jazz and soul vocalist. Uh, there, there aren't a lot of video games that I love the soundtrack so much that I physically go out of my way and buy them. Uh, but Persona 5 was absolutely fucking lootly one of them. Um, the, uh, the main... Oh, God, hold on. Hold on. Big deal. Hold on. So, one of my picks was... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, because I can probably summarize this one pretty quickly because I rave about the game all the time. So Stardew Valley was mm. one of my picks just because upon playing the game for the first time, if you've listened to any podcast up until this point, you probably heard me talk about Stardew Valley. Um, it's one of my favorite games of all time, and it's not just the characters and the stories and you know everything that you can do within the game that um, made me fall in love with it. It's the soundtrack. It's so light and hearty and it just hits on a certain type of level like it connects you to the end everything that you're doing in that moment like you you feel a little extra pep in your step because of the soundtrack it's one of the only soundtracks that i've gone out of my way to like listen to on spotify or something like that just because soundtracks really aren't my thing like i like enjoying them inside of the games themselves um <clears throat> but i go out of my way to listen to that one because it just makes me feel good like stardew valley does everything right and the soundtrack just kind of exemplifies that it just puts the you know the cherry on the cake the icing on the cake whatever you want to say it's truly perfect um and there's like a song for every situation uh, it's nice hearing like you know you can see certain individuals within uh the valley itself playing certain instruments and that kind of falls into the soundtrack sometimes and it's just really nice and peaceful and i don't know if i have a one like like a ranking system for these games i think they're all pretty much tied for me i was gonna say it might be my favorite of the three but i don't think i can make that a statement with the other two which you already mentioned one of them oh oh okay i actually <clears throat> when um uh uh hang on i'm trying to type what is the ah uh, there it is um sorry for the monstrous bark oh man was that uh was that old blind dog deaf dog <laughs> <laughs> not not blind no dog, i don't think dog. i could do that but yes yes it was <laughs> okay um deafy <laughs> um holy shit Oh, that's where. Okay, I was trying to get my train of thought back on track. Uh, the the one that I you know I had already mentioned or whatever. When I was um, setting up my D and D campaign and getting like vibes and stuff like that, I would put that soundtrack on all the time for it. It's uh it's very good. Uh, but with that said, I'm not as familiar with the Stardew Valley soundtrack because I've only played Stardew Valley like once. Um. Is it, is it like eight bit chiptune type music? Kind of. Um, there's a. It's just a lot. Um, a lot of different things. I'm trying to look it up right now. I just typed in eight bit, not Stardew Valley. I'm a fucking fool, dude. <laughs> um, but uh, I wish I could. I wish we could. We actually could play it over Twitch. I forgot it's not DMC aid. Uh, yeah, because it's video game music, right? Right. Yeah. Um. It's 
start it right now. It, I wouldn't say it's like 8-bit music. It's more... It's nothing crazy. I'll say that. Okay. But I, I can't describe it. It's really... It's more than 8-bit, but it's not some high-production like symphony playing in the background. You know what I'm saying? It's Yeah, yeah, I feel you. Yeah, I'm listening to it right now. Uh, yes. I don't know if you can hear it on stream or not, but... um. <clears throat> Yeah, that's nice. I yep. like it. That's that I just listened to it on stream. That song in particular is one of my favorites. Yeah, that's good stuff, light. dude. Yeah. And like there's it. a ton of there's a I'm looking at the playlist now on Spotify. There's 70 songs. Oh, oh my. Holy shit. That's insane. Yeah. They, the game was developed by one one, one dude. So that's even more uh, amazing, honestly. Mm -hmm. Could you yeah. insert a sound clip into the podcast, you think? Or uh, Yeah, I, I can definitely do that. <clears throat> but yeah, there's so many like different versions. Like There's many different situations you could be like in terms of mining, so your music would change then too. Because you can go mining, you can do all that shit in Stardew. Um, so even that changes the soundtrack. Like different, there's different layers of the, uh, I don't even know what it's called, the cave system. Like mm -hmm. you work your way all the way down, the lower you go, the music's going to change type of thing. So that adds to the playlist too, in terms of the soundtrack. Um, but even the, the people within Stardew Valley, like if they're playing, like there's a kid named Sam and he plays in like some kind of band uh, and you can hear his music on the soundtrack too just because that's a part of the soundtrack itself like I was saying earlier it's like it implements the character's musical whatever they're doing and makes it into the soundtrack too so you can like see when you enter the room or like the area that they're in and they're doing what they're doing that's a part of the soundtrack so it really immerses you even more very cool yeah, I'm gonna have to play more of this game. I uh, I keep meaning to get to it, and then there's just so much going on. But uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's the only game that I can uh, consistently go back to, like Pokemon. In mm -hmm. terms of the, maybe there's a consistent theme with that, right? Like the games that I can just replay over and over and over again have great music. Have great music. Yeah, yeah, I kind of feel that honestly um no austin still so i'll just uh yeah whatever happened might be dire yeah here's here's hoping that everything is okay um i'll go ahead and i'll go to my first pick which is uh maybe my favorite game soundtrack uh, it is hard because uh, there are a lot that I really love, but uh, this How is. How many times have you replayed this game? <clears throat> um. Oh God, countless. I. Yeah. Me and Skyrim. I yeah, get it. I, I genuinely have no idea how many times I've played this. Um, because back in the day, like this is something that gets lost on me now. I think is like. Or, or maybe not lost on me. I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. But basically, like, younger people now are like, why don't you have time to play video games? It's because I'm an adult. Like, but, like, back in the day, 
I had all the time to play fucking video games and it was because I was a kid and I didn't have responsibilities and stuff. So like I probably played this game just on my PS like the original disc on the PS1 probably like 15 20 times. Holy shit. I I know this game like the back of my hand. Um but it's Final Fantasy 8 which is uh also if it's not my favorite game soundtrack it's up there. It is for my money the best Final Fantasy soundtrack and that includes 7 and 6 which are both like masterpieces there's a um, theme with the two of us though because if you listen to our favorite games of all time both of the games that we're talking about made our list yep yep um, so this was composed by the uh, the master himself Nobuo Uematsu he's the guy who did like all of the Final Fantasy soundtracks from one up through nine, and then I think he helped on ten, and he did a little bit of work on the other ones after that, but it was mostly handed off to other people until he came back and helped again on seven remake. So, uh, but the reason that I like it so much is because, well, I mean, I've got notes here, but like, the thing that makes that makes me come back to it all the time is like it is just full of insanely catchy melodies and like I will have not listened to it in like a week, two weeks, maybe even a month or whatever and then one day I'll just be walking around and like one of the songs, the melody from it will just get caught in my head and then I'm like humming it the rest of the fucking day. Like that's just the, this soundtrack is so full of fucking earworms it's not even funny and um, not only is that really cool but like the songs all are kind of crafted around the themes and the emotions of the story so like because the, the whole idea of this game in its story is that these people are a team and it's this one guy who's the outsider. No one has a there. Like there are no individual character themes in it. Like, so like in older final fantasy, you would have like, uh, like C- Cecil's theme from final fantasy four or, uh, uh, in final fantasy seven, Aerith has a theme or Tifa has a theme, <clears throat> but like none of these characters have themes. Uh, and that kind of plays into the like story narrative theme of the game. But on top of that, it has, it's kind of like a love story. So it has tons of like little like notes that are not necessarily notes, but like songs and, and you know, little melodies that'll tie into like other pieces later in the, in the soundtrack and they're all built around the romance of uh Renault and Squall which actually I wrote down here eyes on me so they actually did a uh what is the word that I'm trying to like like a proper pop song in the middle of this game <laughs> it's it's weird I think it comes in disc three and like it, it has like vocals and it's like a like a full on pop song and it actually sold uh what was it it was like uh, 275,000 copies in in Japan 
like just the single for that song, which is kind of fucking crazy considering it's from a video game. Uh, but the uh, the only other thing that I really wanted to touch on, I think, in terms of like the overall soundtrack, is the the music for almost every fight sequence or like sort of like war sequence in the game it feels operatic like it feels like you like something uh oh well something crazy probably did happen um we can knock this out yeah we'll knock this out uh so um anyway so yeah it's kind of based around the ideas of war and love which is cool but uh i have listed some standout tracks uh liberi i I hope i'm I'm probably fucking butchering this but liberi fatali uh which is the opening theme of the game it's the entire opening cutscene is backed with this song uh and it's very similar in scope to one winged angel from final fantasy 7 it's fully orchestrated which was actually the first song in final fantasy history to be completely fully orchestrated because i guess up to this point it was like based on midi instruments and shit like that um anyway and it just is constantly like building to a crescendo and then kind of like collapsing and then building to a crescendo and collapsing and it's just there's so many like harmonies and melodies all working at the same time it's fucking beautiful uh and a fun little fact it was actually played in the um the opening uh what is it called ceremony for the 2004 athens olympics summer olympics which is fucking cool uh Balam garden is the second one i have listed it's the second main piece of music that you probably hear in the game uh and this one to me is the biggest earworm probably in the entire series like this is one of the ones that i literally the entirety will entirety of final fantasy yeah yeah i this is the one that like i'm telling you i'll i'll constantly be walking around this will just be playing in my head like out of nowhere uh and it's very simplistic but it just doesn't stop and it's just it's catchy as shit um and then the uh the last one is waltz for the moon uh which is this orchestral waltz uh i didn't really write anything else about it but it's just it's one that when i hear it i'm like this is so nice it reminds me of like classical music so um but yeah final fantasy 8 I was trying to look at the other two. I'm pretty sure didn't the last game on your list, not the honorable mention, didn't that also make your favorite games of all time? Uh, Final Fantasy VIII? No, the the third choice of your list. Uh, yes, I believe it did. Okay. If it, so there's if it didn't... Hey, if it didn't, it was an honorable mention, and I know for a fact that I talked about the main character of it in our favorite uh, video video right. game characters. Uh, so the reason I'm so fixated on that is because the next, I'm pretty sure all three of these in some way, shape, or form are from my list. But uh, The Witcher 3 is my second game. And the soundtrack on that one, was it you that touched on it earlier with the boss fights? Yeah, it was, right? Because you read the intro or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Um no, it it really gets you in whatever kind of 
zone you're in. Um, just traversing the wilds, I mean, that... All of these games that we're talking about really know how to nail the moment. And even something as simple as traversing the wilds in The Witcher 3 can feel grand in terms of scale of adventure because they really harness the moment. But even more than that, like the fights themselves are so epic to me. And I know people kind of knock the combat from time to time. But to me, like the branching out of the skill trees and everything that you can do makes the combat so much fun, coupled with the epic music that always plays alongside it. It feels so right. I don't feel like I'm ever out of place while playing um, and any, you know, because sometimes music can feel invasive and I don't feel like The Witcher 3 does that. Um, I don't have a long list of you know, tracks and stuff or anything like that, but I do have the humble recommendation that you play the game because it is truly one of the greatest games of our time. And the soundtrack coupled with a brilliant story and just rememberable and remarkable characters makes for a good time. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. <clears throat> like I said earlier, like, it is good on its own. Like, it's great fucking soundtrack but then when you pair it in with like the themes and everything that's going on in the witcher 3 it's it's a damn good soundtrack 100 percent. oh man i think i'm dying over here of thirst yeah my throat is dry as shit oh fucking allergies dude what the hell it's awful i hate so over it i wake up feeling sick and it's like why it's not COVID. I take a Sudafed, I'm good. But my God. It's Georgia in the spring, my dude. Dude, it's oh. like we, It's like day one in the fucking spring and we're dying over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, my next pick is one that um, I think I have talked about at the very least in passing. Um, and that is Lunar 2 Eternal Blue. Uh, I played the complete edition on PlayStation, but uh, um, I'm pretty sure that the soundtrack is the same no matter where you play it. And so this one was composed by Noriyuki Iwadari. Uh, again, I hope that I'm pronouncing that correctly. <clears throat> but this one is very, is very nice MIDI soundtrack. It's very much in that uh, sort of like right around early 90s uh, thing where they were just figuring out how things worked with music. So it wasn't quite the 8-bit and 16-bit music, but it was starting to get to where it was like the full, full orchestras and everything. And it's just full of like really nice lighthearted melodies that kind of feel completely in line with the rest of the game. Like the game has a sort of like like the story is very much like world ending. You've got to save the world and this weird alien princess is going to be there with you sort of thing. But the way everything is presented is very lighthearted. It's very just, it, it's not all doom and gloom, if that makes sense. And the melodies from the soundtrack really help that. Uh, and there are actually a lot of like different songs built around the same melody which is like the eternal blue theme and it helps to kind of flesh out your story progress so like 
in one of the one of the tracks that I have listed on the on the standout tracks, which is Crowded Street Corner, it's this up upbeat, almost kind of like dancey take on that melody. And then that's a, a, at the beginning of the game when the adventure is starting. And then when you get towards the end of the game, that same melody will weave its way back in, and it it's like more somber and I don't want to say dark because that's not really right, but like it kind of shows the way that the story has progressed. Like that melody carries the through line. Uh, it's I don't know, man. Like I, this Lunar and Lunar Two are incredibly underlooked games. And I really like am hard pressed to think of another. I mean, outside of like obviously Final Fantasy, but like of another RPG from back when I was playing RPGs all the time that has music as consistently good as that series. Um, one and two are both just they they just knock it the fuck out of the park. Um, I already talked about Crowded Street Corner, but the other two standout tracks I had was Promenade, uh, which is like this twinkling little melody that's fleshed out with like strings and like very soft horns. Uh, it's very good. And then brave warriors, which is the battle theme. And it's got like, um, so it starts out with like this sort of typical, like string and like horn intro that you would expect from almost something like a, like a Lord of the Rings sort of thing. So it's like, you know something's happening and then all of a sudden this fucking guitar comes in and starts playing this melody and it's just it, it all coalesces and it's so fucking good like it's just I, I love that track I really love the entire soundtrack it's it's really good it's really good uh, but your I've last never one never fucking played it yep they, they're so obscure and I don't understand because like they got big releases like they got big collector's edition releases and like there were pieces on them in game pro and which is actually how i found out about both of them um and maybe game informer i don't remember i i know i was listening or i was reading game pro a lot back then um i remember you talking about it before but because you have right i don't remember what the yeah yeah it was i uh I think I've probably talked about how I'm going to stream it. Probably, could be, uh, could be. So that's that's what I'm thinking. But um, so Austin will not be coming back because he had something come up. But I do feel like we could read off his picks real quick because he started with um, Persona Five, but he did choose Ocarina of Time, which he mentioned, and then he also chose Mega Man Zero. So, wish he could give feedback on that. But here we are. Yeah, um, all three of those are really good, uh, especially Persona Five. Like that soundtrack is banging, dude. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so your last one is just in—is that just in general, like, or? Yeah. So uh, my thing is, is that so I'm gonna talk about Yellow in a minute, but because I've been replaying Yellow, I remember where a part of my love for the franchise came in and that was with the soundtrack of the original games. Um, I think I played blue to start, but I actually got yellow the other day on the 3DS. 
And that's just kind of been the, the only game that I've been playing recently. And by replaying it, I'm re-exploring these towns. And every time you go into a new place, and I'm really enjoying it for the first, you know, 11 hours of the game. And I finally make it to Lavender Town, which is where my obsession with ghost Pokemon came in. It's, I mean, it's just Lavender Town's iconic. And then I heard that, you know, I mean, it's just memorable Lavender Town music now. Everyone knows it. Um, and it hit me. It washed over me like a wave of nostalgia. And then I started picking up on it more. Um, it's like I walked into the Pokemon Center and I heard that classic sound, the one where it all started from. And that's what made me kind of flash forward through these other games. It's something that I've always enjoyed from the games is that they can capture a moment. Even in Sword and Shield, I can knock it all I want to, but they stay true. I mean, their soundtrack is phenomenal. Um, and it's so cool to me that I can walk into a Pokemon Center in today's games, you know, 25 years later, and I still hear the classic Pokemon Center soundtrack, uh, you know, the, the song. And... I don't know. It's evolved over time, of course, but it's still the same at its core. And that's been 25 years of soundtrack and it's beautiful and it's transcended, you know, every single generation that comes along. It's just advanced and furthered itself. And but it all started with red, blue, yellow. And it's it's beautiful, dude. I'm really enjoying my time with it. Yeah, those. Those soundtracks, especially Red, Blue, Yellow, and Gold and Silver, have some of the most iconic game like theme in in video games. I think it's you brought up Lavender Town. Uh, Lavender Town is the one where you first meet uh, the ghost Pokemon, right? Oh, he's frozen. No, you were frozen. <laughs> oh, we were both frozen. Oh, you yeah, froze we- on my screen, and then uh, uh, okay. anyway, well, we're here now, though. Yeah, we're here. Um. But, uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, Lavender Town is where you meet the ghost Pokemon, right? Yep. Yeah. That's the town where essentially dead Pokemon go to be laid to rest mm-hmm. and their ghosts haunt the uh, Lavender Town Tower. And yeah. there's some fucked up shit. I'm not going to lie. Pokemon is pretty dark back in the red, blue, yellow <laughs> days. Like, it's just outright, like, Team Rocket's fucking killing Pokemon. Like, mm-hmm. what the hell? It's- it's fucking crazy. Yeah, um, so that's where that started. I uh, I remember the Lavender Town theme pretty vividly. That shit got ingrained in my brain. Uh, that and um, what's the the city where you fight the uh, the grass type Pokemon? Oh, Celadon. Celadon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember that one pretty well. The too. giant department store. Yeah, it's uh. It's something special, and it just kept going with every generation. Um, it's beautiful, dude. And I don't know. That's what I've been uh, playing this week, too, because I know you said you have nothing really that you've been playing, right? Yeah. I, I've i been playing a couple things, but I don't want to talk about them just yet because I, I would like to get uh, more, more th- coherent thoughts down. Um, but yeah. Uh, so I guess we'll get to my last pick and, um, well, before we get to my last pick, uh, I I forgot you still had a pick. Yeah. I got one more. It's the, the one that you actually asked me about earlier. Um, 
But uh, before before we get to that, there are just a couple that I had honorable mentions for. Um, Eichenfell, which is a game I played recently and actually got to the... Uh, I think it made it in, into the best soundtracks category. I could be wrong, but um, for our Game of the Year episode, very good. Uh, like, that was probably my favorite soundtrack of last year. Uh, it's just... That's just very, very good. Um, also really liked Hades. Uh, really anything from Supergiant Games. Like Bastion's very good. Uh, Transistor is excellent. Um, and then Hades was... Uh, Spyro. Um, specifically Spyro the Dragon. Uh, I I love that music. I, I probably have more nostalgia for that just because I played that game a fuck ton when I was a kid. <laughs> But I, I I really like the soundtrack to it. Uh, it was going then, to be going into my list as well, but I had to go with the other three. But it's definitely honorable mention for me as well. Yeah, it's it's super good. Uh, and then the last one is Parasite Eve. Parasite Eve is... I, I feel like I am going to do a video about that game um, at some point because... Not only is the game itself excellent, but like the music in that game is just something else. It is very, very good. It's got a nice mix of like electronica and like the typical like horror stuff. But then it's also got like really intimate like piano things going on and like it's got some rock to it. It's excellent soundtrack. but that actually kind of ties in with my third pick, which is the Silent Hill 2 soundtrack. Uh, it was composed by... God, I chose all of these <laughs> Japanese names. Uh, I really hope I'm not fucking butchering this. Uh, Akira Yamaoka. I, I could be... I'd go with that. That's pretty close. So, um... Okay. But yeah, it, uh... It, this one has such a unique feel to it and kind of adds to like all of the different characters and themes that are in Silent Hill 2. It's like, and and even just individual scenes, it's, it's got like this really eclectic and like unique mix of ambient, like really like ghostly melodies and they come in all kinds of different forms. So, like, you've got, like, Soft Rock, which is the, uh, in my first soundtrack, or my first standout track is the uh, the theme of Silent Hill 2. It's this Soft Rock, like, song that has echoes of the first game soundtrack in it, like, has little themes and stuff. But then there's also, like, these just, like, really weird, like, industrial, like, wailing, like, atmospherics. And then, like, there are also, like, these really slow and just somber, delicate piano songs that are... And it's it's just the piano. And it lends to all kinds of, like, just disparate atmospheres and, and feelings and emotions. And it, like, it just... It ties the whole package together and it's just like... It's, it's very good. Um, but the other two sound standout tracks I had on it were uh, Laura, which is, it, it's kind of like these atmospheric swells 
that are accompanied by like little like music box chimes. Um, and then mirror guilt, which is, if I'm remembering correctly, is at the very beginning of the game. Um, and it's just these soft, like echoing synths, uh, that like kind of vacillate back and forth. And it really ties into like that scene very, very well. And, and the overall themes of the game itself. But, um, yeah, good stuff. Very, very good stuff. Awesome. Um, what game were you talking about? Silent Hill 2. Oh, okay, cool. Yay, we we, we got Austin back. He <laughs> he didn't die. I um, read all of your games already, so, you know. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Cool. <laughs> Thanks for uh, thanks for being me for like a total of probably like yeah I really seconds. didn't talk about them I just read them okay that's fair <laughs> good job proud of you actually Josh talked about one which one did yeah, you I talk about uh, well I didn't talk about it in depth but uh, I just mentioned that Persona Five bangs yeah it does slaps it bangs. does bang slaps it does bang they're the same thing my throat is so dry guys I don't know what the Are fuck's you- happening. Are you drinking soda to quench your dry throat? Okay, great. That's good. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. Right. It's so weird. That uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> what idiot. I listen. If you only knew what I had gone through right before setting this whole thing up, I, I needed the sugar in this so bad. Lord. Um, anyway, let's talk about what we've been playing. Cool. Would you believe it? I ain't been playing nothing. Really? Wow. Yeah. Well, I uh, well, I think we already talked about this a little bit. I have been playing stuff, but it's not stuff that I have fully formed thoughts on yet. Mm, um, I got you. So I will be hopefully back next week with a bunch of games to talk about because I'm all over the place. Word. But yeah. Um. Austin, you got in a bunch this week. Oh uh, shit, yeah, you played tell a Tell me lot. about Arkham Knight. Out of the three things that, out of all three games that I've been playing, I think Arkham Knight is um, possibly the worst of the three. Uh, so, I enjoy Arkham Knight a lot. Like a whole, whole, whole bunch. Um, I love the fucking oh, Arkham games. <laughs> I think they're great. Uh, Arkham Knight is definitely not as good as Asylum or City uh, for the simple fact that everything they did to promote that game up until that game was releasing and then when they did the pre-order DLC for like the cool little Arkham stories, which are fucking awesome. They're great. They're so much fun. They could not have more boldly told you, hey, the Arkham Knight is Jason Todd. They could not have more blatantly said that. Um, And I I honestly think that's that game's biggest fucking downfall is you had this really badass, mysterious fucking character. But even without seeing any of the promotions, even without seeing the pre-order DLC bonuses, I mean, by by two or three hours into the game, you're like, that's the Arkham Knight or that's Jason Todd. That's that's who that is. Because he starts saying things like Bruce. He starts mentioning, oh, aim for the panels in his chest. That's where the armor's the weakest. Only Jason Todd would know that. Only Jason Todd would know that. Or or any of the Robins or Batgirl or whatever. 
And I just think that that was such a wasted potential for a fucking character. Um, they, I don't know. I feel, and then like, if you still didn't understand it was Jason Todd by the time you got to like the PTSD torture scenes, uh, I, I don't know what to say about that, bro. I you just genuinely weren't paying attention for the 15 hours you played until you got to that point. But, um, the game's great. It's fine. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I really enjoy it, but I, I just, I wish that wasn't a thing. I wish that hadn't have happened because it was very disappointing. Like even the big reveal when he takes off the helmet and you're like, oh shit. Uh, okay. Like I didn't fucking see that coming for the last 20 hours. So that's its biggest down. And the tank battles, the tank battles are fucking awful, but I think Josh uh, has some opinions on those. Well, I genuinely don't think that the, the tank, like the Batmobile stuff oh, is as bad as everyone says it is. It is bad. Don't get me wrong. It's like everyone makes it out like like the Arkham Knight is the worst of the trilogy because of the Batmobile. And I'm like, no, no, no. they're bad. I, I think the reason why I hate them is because they're so goddamn frequent. If they weren't used as much. I wouldn't even think about it. It wouldn't even be a problem because like, like gameplay wise, it handles fine. Like it's, it's engaging and it's fun. Like the first three times you fucking do it. Yeah. Um, uh, so one thing I want to comment on about your, um, the Jason Todd thing is I agree with you. I think it is blatantly obvious that he is, uh, the Arkham Knight, mm -hmm. but I don't think that that is the thing that really, I, I almost feel like they were marketing spoiler alert for Arkham Knight. I almost feel like they were, uh, marketing it as, as if that was the twist to hide from the twist that the Joker is all over that game. Yeah. Like he admittedly, it's not like the Joker yeah. per se, but like, we thought like there would be no more Mark Hamill. We thought, you know, all of like, we didn't know mm -hmm. that he was going to be in this game at all. They kept, his, then, they kept Mark Hamill's from what I remember leading up to release. They kept Mark Hamill's involvement pretty fucking under wraps. From what I remember, uh, I could be wrong. Yeah. 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 I, um, I don't, I don't remember that at all. Like, I don't, I don't remember him being. Yeah. Whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, like I, I almost feel like they intentionally marketed it that way. So as to throw you off from the fact that the Joker was in the game. That's but, a good point that I haven't thought about. Honestly, that's a really good point. Cause I'm, I mean, Joker shows up, <sighs> Joker probably, shows up probably four or five hours into the game. Maybe yeah, that's what I was thinking. If not earlier. Cause I know it's when, I know it's when you go to Ace Chemicals and uh, Scarecrow locks you in that room and you're you're pulling these uh, these like fusion cylinders out trying to stop the explosion. And then you turn around and like, bang, there's like Mark Hamill's iconic fucking laugh. Um, yeah, I think that's one of and honestly, that's one of the things that keeps me going back to the Arkham games. It's just the dynamic between Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill is just absolutely fucking amazing. And it has been since the 90s. And I love every goddamn second of that. I agree. So yeah, that's Arkham Knight. That's actually right where I'm at in the game too. Interesting. 
I hate the fucking uh, the man bat jump scares though. Those are bullshit, and they get me. <laughs> they get me every fucking time. I play through. I played through that game once a year since it came out, and they get me every fucking time. Yeah. It's a good game. I like it. It is. It is. Uh, before we get to Dylan, uh, which of your other games would you like to talk about? Me. Yeah. Um. What were the other two? Um. Oh. Uh, Monster Hunter Rise, because I talked about it last time, but I didn't get to talk to in depth because I had only been able to play like 45 minutes of it um, until uh, before we started recording. So I just had so much shit going on that day. Um, Monster Hunter Rise is by far the best Monster Hunter game I've ever fucking played. By far. Oh, that's by fucking, fucking far. Um, to be fair. It, did you play World? I did play World. And you think it's better than World? I 100%. Hundred percent. I I am much. Uh, the atmosphere is better. The quality of life changes are just so much fucking better. The the whole wire bug system is so flawlessly implemented. Um, I that and that's basically like a uh, uh, grappling hook, right? Yeah, pretty much. Okay, pretty much. Um, I I can tell you guys right now, this game is going to be in my top five by the end of the year. I can guarantee that um, it even even handheld on the switch. I've been taking it to work. I've been playing it on my brakes, even handheld on the switch. I haven't noticed any performance issues whatsoever, um, which is surprising because there's a lot going on in that fucking game. So I'm I'm very surprised. Um, yeah, every every single like it, it actually makes you feel like the armor the armor pieces that you forge and that you wear actually matter like it actually makes you feel like they make a fucking difference um every single one of the weapon classes that you use is just they they feel completely fucking different from the others uh i i think i think out of all of them i've only found one that i didn't like and uh it was the oh fuck it was like the I can't remember what it's called for the fucking life of me, but it's like it's like a rifle almost. But then at the end of it, it has like this spike that kind of comes out like that. And then you use it as a handheld weapon as well. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but that's the only weapon class so far that I really just don't fucking like. It's way too it just feels too sluggish and awkward and weird. Um, But like the missions are to me the mission so far and and to be fair i'm not i'm not doing like the higher rank missions yet i'm still i'm still very early in the game i'm still in like the first six hours um so i'm not doing any of the super crazy hard missions yet uh but like as of right now all the missions i'm going into are like 10 15 minutes long you just hop in kill like maybe 10 15 of the same monster hop back out hop back in find the find 10 or 15 of these items like little fetch quest hop back out and like for for someone who who has the lifestyle that I do, have two kids, and you're just constantly going. I work a lot. Um, that's that's fucking perfect for me because I hop in, I play these missions. They take me maybe 15, 20 minutes at the most. Hop back out, save, and then like okay, uh, a couple more hours, I'll hop back in and do another quick mission. Um, like I'm not even really forging it. I, I think I've forged one weapon and like one armor piece. I'm really not even fucking with that yet because I'm just. I'm letting my my resources stockpile, and then um, when I get to the point where shit starts to get harder, then I'll start you know actually forging stuff. Um, but I this game's fucking great, dude. I fucking love it. I don't know what made them decide to release a Monster Hunter game as a time Nintendo Switch exclusive, but I'm glad that they did. I think that's really fucking cool. 
And even then, I think the only I think the only other thing it's going to is going to be Steam sometime next year. So yeah, I don't think it's coming to consoles, uh, or at least they haven't announced it for coming to consoles. But it's really good. I mean, if you guys have ever played a Monster Hunter game and liked them, I I would wholeheartedly say give this game a shot. Like it a lot. I am not a big fan, but I've only really played World and the one that was on 3DS. I don't Stories. know what it's called. Um, so yeah, and I, they're just very grindy. Uh, they are. That that's kind of, and I mean, other than stories, Monster Hunter Stories is really the only Monster Hunter game that has an actual like coherent story. Um, the rest of them are just like, hey, take this mission, go kill these crazy monsters, and come back and make some cool armor and weapons, and that's pretty much it. That's the whole point. And but I like things like that. I like grindy JRPGs. That's kind of my jam. So. Maybe I'm a little biased in that department. Um, but huh? yeah. speaking of grindy JRPGs, Dylan, you've been playing Pokemon Yellow. Yeah, I just remembered that Kingdom Hearts just came out on PC, so I'm trying to convince myself not to pay fifty dollars for the same. Don't do it. Don't do don't it. Do Please it. don't do it. Please don't just give them, don't Game give them Pass, the satisfaction. Uh just get Game Pass Ultimate for like two months and blow through them real quick. They're not on. Uh, they're not on uh, Game Pass on PC. Oh, they're only are you on consoles. Serious? Okay, I'll just buy the game. Don't do that. Don't. <laughs> why would you do that? <laughs> I want to play it on console. Bro, You're gonna hate, hate yourself, you so though. You're gonna oh. fucking hate yourself. You can go to GameStop right now, pay fifteen dollars to get the whole fucking series on PS4. That's commitment. That's gas driving. Order it. But I, just, I think I, it's on the sale on the on the the PlayStation Store right now. It is. You could oh, fucking yeah. touch it. I but look, but you're gonna get a PS5 later, and then you can get trophies. Like 120 frames a second. Can you imagine? <laughs> you could probably Dude. get that on the PS5. <laughs> yeah, then I have to pay five hundred dollars. I can just pay fifty right now. I hate you so much. <laughs> Dylan, Dylan is the prime example of why Square Enix gets away with the bullshit that they get away oh, with. Oh, a hundred percent, yeah. <laughs> Not, no doubt. This is but why they get away with Pokemon it. Pokemon Yellow. No, I have been playing Pokemon Yellow. Uh, awesome. I talked about the soundtrack earlier, and this is the only thing I have time for, but I'm also thoroughly enjoying it. I did a glitch that's super sick because you can actually get Mew in the game, so I did that. Uh, you can get Gengar, too. Couldn't you normally get Gengar? Uh, there's a glitch. Uh, there's a glitch in Viridian Forest where you can get um, you can get a level 100 Gengar. Oh, oh, Pokemon that's Yellow. Sick. Okay, <laughs> that's what I meant. Fuck. I didn't know. I did not know. <laughs> he said, "Can't you just normally get Gengar?" <laughs> hey. <laughs> Holy sweet Jesus! That was good. This? Yes. Good, good call, Dylan. Jesus Christ. I'm thoroughly enjoying my time with <laughs> the game. Uh, I, I love the grinding aspect. I love the difficulty of the original games. It just it makes me feel so good. And I love that in yellow that you can get Bulbasaur, Squirtle and Charmander and Pikachu. So that's pretty cool because I think I'm going to carry out with the team like that and kind of not really recreate Red's team. But it's going to sure as fuck feel like it. Like, the only thing missing at that point was that four. So I think it's Lapras and Snorlax, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I don't think I want to go that route. I don't know what I'm going to do. Nitto King was kind of cool earlier, but 
Uh, but just overall, it's it's a nice flashback. It's better than Sword and Shield in terms of just like I love the difficulty of it, and that's what I really think is missing right now from Pokemon. Um, the that's difficulty fair. comes with like grinding and stuff too. It's just it's a different monster in itself, really. But it feels great to go back and have that old mm-hmm. Pokemon game. And that's like I said, it's the only thing I have time for. So it's good that it's just like a whip it out, play it, close it, done type of thing. I started to play Borderlands three last night, but I was like, no, no, nope. closed it, went and laid down, played Pokemon. Couldn't you just normally get the three starters in red and blue though? Yeah, but it takes uh, some trading. Like you have. Oh to yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I thought. Oh, I mean, so does Gengar. Takes one trade. You're right. No. Oh, that was a joke. Okay, I got it. Yeah, I was just trying to be a dick. Uh, all right. Well, just tell us about Catherine. You son of a bitch. Speaking of <laughs> well, dicks. Yeah. So Catherine is. I'm joking. Go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. It's a game where you're like trying to please some giant blonde lady. Some terribly attractive blonde anime yeah, lady. Like a- Maybe. Um, yeah. So. I funny enough, I remember I distinctly distinctively remember watching um, X plays uh, review of Catherine back in the day when it originally came out on the PS3 on uh, G4, uh, which is coming back. So that's fucking cool. I'm kind of stoked for that. Um, But I had never played this game. I recently got into Atlas through Persona and I've been honestly on a spending spree buying pretty much anything atlas that can play on any console that i have um i have tokyo mirage sessions coming in the mail at some point this week i don't fucking know when it'll be here but uh catherine is a fucking fever dream uh that the that i i i i couldn't tell you what's going on because i have no fucking clue yet uh all i know is every time my character goes to this this guy goes to sleep uh he has to literally fight for his life through a nightmare of just a weird climbing tower puzzle game and uh oh you have to do that all the other people are sheep huh i feel like that i thought that was just everyone what uh i i mean i I, i've never experienced it so damn Uh, maybe it's me yeah it might be it might be just a you thing for sure but uh it started back when like my dad died (laughs) there it is (laughs) I'm regretting even coming back. <laughs> God damn it, Dylan. Um, yeah, Catherine's cool. It's a it's a weird fever dream. I, I I like it enough that I bought it twice, and I have a Switch copy on the way in the mail too. So, wait, did you buy it on PS4? I bought the uh, GameStops. If you're a pro member, they do like the deal of the day thing. Um, and last Thursday, their deal of the day was like the the $80, collector's edition of uh, Catherine Full Body, and it was on sale for 50 bucks. So I was like, oh, look, it's on it. Steam. I'll buy it. I don't need a console. You're the worst person. The <laughs> worst kind um, of person. Yeah, check out Catherine. It's rad, I guess. Mm-hmm. Trad, I, I guess. Say, I guess. Famous last Ka- Catherine is fucking awesome. Uh, it is really good so far. I'm really enjoying my time. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the uh, like the the 
main thrust of gameplay, like the puzzles? Um, I, so I'm not going to lie. Uh, I'm playing in safety mode because I took medicine when I started playing last night and I didn't, I didn't think I had the mental capacity to do it normally. Um, which I figured out was a safe bet. Um, I, it's, it's unique. I, I think is the best way I could describe it. It's unique. Uh, the whole premise of the game is super fucking strange. Like I said, it feels like a fucking fever dream. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, it's definitely unique. How do you feel about it? Um, well, so I, I feel like the, the main thrust of the gameplay, like the puzzles is very like, feels like Cubert. Um, yeah. and like, that's, that's cool. Uh, I don't, that to me is probably the least interesting part of the gameplay just because it's, uh, yeah, it, it's not really puzzle platforming, so to speak, but it is very like, it's time-based and like, mm-hmm. it, to, it leaves me with like a, an immense amount of pressure, I feel like, mm-hmm. uh, which I will freeze up on sometimes. Um, I am far more, I'm far more interested in the, the weird sort of like obtuse love square. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Like it doesn't like, I still don't know if I understand how the mechanics of that work because I've only ever gotten like the same ending every time I've played it. Really? Uh, Yeah. So isn't there like 12? Uh, I think the initial game launched with something like five or six, and then this new one launched with, I want to say like two additional ones. So it might be eight, but, um, yeah, it's still, it's still a lot, but, uh, yeah, I, Catherine's great. It's, it's so good. I, I just, I, everything I've touched by, everything I've touched by Atlas so far after discovering them through playing Persona 5 has just been gold. Just solid gold. Yeah, I'm excited for the uh, for that remaster of Shin Megami Tensei Three. I'm pretty fucking stoked for that. I've never played any of those before. This awkward silence is getting weird. Let's uh, keep it going. Oh yeah, I was I was trying to keep make it as awkward as possible. Dylan's over there, job. just like he looks so sad. He's like, yeah, because I have all these games and I'm looking through them <laughs> like I want to play them. But then I know at the end of the day when I download one, you're just going to uninstall it like two minutes later. Maybe. But I did download Chrono Trigger recently. Kind of want to play that. So good. That's got a great oh. soundtrack. It does. It was thought about as well. Hollow Knight has a phenomenal soundtrack that mm. almost almost made the list. I mean, there was a ton of them. But I can't believe you didn't place. put Dark Souls. As again, they almost made the list, but the other three games, I mean, just yeah, I don't know. I love Souls, but it's more like the choke me daddy aspect of that game. <laughs> oh god, holy shit! Uh, all right, let's go ahead and get thing. to our picks of the week, so we can get out of here and and Dylan can pontificate on his uh choke me daddy, his sad gaming days. Um, Is that a request? I think it was. Uh, yeah, it is come on over. Type? Who, Dylan? No, I don't really have a type. Uh, no, I just I established it. 
Maybe. Idris Elba. (laughs) That's your type. It's just Idris Elba. All right. Uh, Anyway, so my pick of the week is Patrick Willems' video on the OC. It's called Patrick Explains the OC and Why It's Great. Um, So I have been watching Patrick Willems' videos basically since... uh, Back in the day, he used to do these short little like trailers for like, what if this movie was directed by this person? And the f- the first one I saw was, uh, what if Wes Anderson directed the X Men, and <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it's one of the funniest and most bizarre things I've ever seen in my life. But like, he fucking nailed every aspect of like what makes Wes Anderson movies Wes Anderson. But then it was like the (laughs) x-men so i i don't know anyway so um this video is from like two weeks ago and basically he sits down and breaks down why the oc is really good uh and it is very good and you should watch it but um his delivery is great he uh i don't know why i said great voices he only has one voice but uh he's got a great voice and he's very insightful and funny he really like he broke down why it is so good way better than I ever could. Like he talks about how the, the melodrama is like focused on the outcasts and kind of satirizes like the beautiful teenage 90210 type shit. Mm -hmm. Um, he also talks about how great the music is. That's a fucking show that has some great goddamn music. Uh, and of course he talks about, um, my favorite character, Seth Cohen, who is basically fucking me. Um, and he, he does it with like this wit and charm. That's just really good. Uh, his channel is really good. You should go check it out. Oh yeah. Yep. Austin, you've got, what is it? Yes. Uh, my pick of the week is, uh, easily what I think is one of the greatest metalcore albums that's ever been fucking written. Uh, it is the zombie EP by the devil wears Prada. Uh, I've been listening to it pretty much nonstop the past couple of days because uh, this this EP came out in 2010 and uh, they just announced last week that they will be de- releasing a zombie EP 2 this year and that's I don't think it's going to be really all that good because I, I, I don't know how they're going to top what they did with the zombie EP I just genuinely don't think it's possible um, basically what the zombie EP is, uh, the Devil Wears Prada has done two of those. They've done the zombie EP and the space EP, and both of them are conceptual albums. Um, the zombie EP is what it sounds like. It's about a zombie apocalypse. Uh, it's very heavy, dark, uh, kind of blast beat, cut fucking quad blast beats in your ear for f- 30, 45 minutes straight. Uh, the space EP is very like it, it, it's smoother, slower. It gives you a very like lonely, isolated feeling. The space EP is about like a uh, a woman whose dream was to be an astronaut. She became an astronaut. She went on a voyage to space. The voyage to space gets attacked by aliens, and there's a giant asteroid headed to Earth that destroys humanity at the end of the album. Um, there, no other band has done shit like that in metalcore, and I wholeheartedly think that I I, I get shit for that opinion all the time, but. I wholeheartedly think the zombie EP is one of, if not the absolute best uh, metalcore albums that's ever been written. I had the fucking awesome opportunity back in 2015 to actually see them on tour where they played the zombie EP in its entirety. Um, And I 
ever since I started going to metal shows when I was like 15, 16 years old, um, I've always been in mosh pits. I've always been super big into, into pits. I To this day, I have never been hurt as bad as I was at a Devil Wears Prada show. Uh, that were the zombie EP. I um, the only thing I remember is, or one of the biggest things I remember is crowd surfing up to the stage, and I literally had blood dripping out of both nostrils, the side of my mouth, and my my right eye. That was a brutal fucking pit, but god damn it, was it fun? Um, but I just fucking love that album, so go check that out if you like heavy shit. All right. Well, so my pick of the week is go take a fucking walk. I'm going to stick with that. Um, beautiful outside. Season's changing. You know, go go enjoy nature. I'm going to use my time to actually ask, not ask, but I got to challenge myself, right? I'm looking at the, this list of games, and I don't know. It could be like a game that I've already started, like Assassin's Creed Valhalla, or it can just be something new that I haven't played. But by the time we record next week, I need to have one game beaten or I'm going to have to stream Fortnite for three hours. I think I'm going to challenge myself to do that. Because I hate fucking Fortnite. So why the fuck? I don't want to do that. All right. And I, I barely to that. stream right now. Yeah. So I'm going to beat one game. I don't know what it is. It could be Pokemon. It could be. Uh, Weren't we supposed to already be doing that anyway? Wasn't that like yeah, a we're, yeah, but all of my games got fucking canceled this year and really demoralized me. Or not canceled, but like moved back. Like literally every game that I was excited for got moved way the fuck back. And that just demoralized me in terms of playing goddamn anything. Yeah, I've beaten one game this year so far, so. Uh, I don't think I've beaten a game. And it was Halo yeah. Reach, so it took Oh, wait, Spyro. Hours. But I've already... Wait, had you already beaten Halo Reach? Yeah. Okay. It didn't have that to be new. Count. It didn't have to yeah, be it new. Did. did it? Yes, it did. Yeah. Oh, I don't like remember that. Okay, then I have no. Yeah, yeah, like you had never beaten it before. All right, well, I'm going to go take my medicine and beat Catherine tonight. I can technically count Dark Souls 3 because generally leading up to that point, I had never beaten it by myself. <laughs> so, so, maybe? That's a one. Maybe. I haven't beaten One anything this year yet. All right. I want to fucking get on the grind. Fuck getting this third game. Like when I stream, I'm streaming to complete a game. So I need to find something. <laughs> Why don't you just let me and Josh pick for you? No. Why not? Because you're going to pick like Prestige and Fortnite or some shit. No. I don't even play Fortnite. Futa fuck fight, Dine and Dash. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> How did you remember that name so well? Uh, because I looked you at it, it or I was in the thing earlier and I looked at the, the name. I was in I was in the Discord earlier. I downloaded it. I haven't opened it yet, though. D- d- I'm kidding. Really? I'm so kidding. Oh my yeah. god! I feel like uh, yeah. not. I, I, I know. Am. <laughs> I am. You're uh, you're all about the fucking weird, nasty weeb shit. Not pizza. earlier. Not a thing. Okay, I'm not gonna lie to you. I had a moment earlier where Austin was talking, and I was paying attention, and then I looked up, and I saw that he's wearing it, and. Inve- like a what's it called even Evangelion. yeah yeah uh hat and i fucking died i don't know why i, I just I, 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 I never wear this hat uh actually josh and kayla got me this hat for christmas um beautiful oh, shit. We did. yeah yeah you did uh i never wear it uh mostly because i don't wear snapbacks but i hung it up above my uh monitor because it's evangelion so it's with all my other ridiculous amount of evangelion merch 
Um, but I didn't have a hat on when I came back to sit down and I was like scrambling to find a hat and I was like, fuck it. I mean, it still, still has a fucking tags on it. So uh, that's the only reason why it's on. I was just scrambling to find a hat because I didn't want to show my uh, 65 year old hairline on Twitch. Oh, yeah. Oh, so sorry about your hair. Feel that, bro. So does Josh. <laughs> Second, I don't know what game I am going to beat. I don't want you guys to pick because I feel like I will suffer in some way, shape or form. Valhalla. Finish Valhalla. Well, that was nice. I mean, okay, that was already on the table. Yeah, you can give me a little bit of credit, you dick. Cyberpunk. (laughs) Okay, that just got a huge update. I'm not going to lie. Both of them. Yeah, so what if I said both? Oh, God, you're trying to kill yourself. Both. One one from each of us, Valhalla and Cyberpunk. You have to have it done by the end of April. If I do that, I have to get a reward like... uh, uh, I'll buy myself Kingdom Hearts. Swear <laughs> to God. <laughs> You're the worst. I like it. Dylan's, Dylan's making that fucking big managerial money now. He's like, yeah, I'm going to buy Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> I'm going to support the company that just keeps re-releasing the same thing for a full $60 package once a year. Uh, Bruh, we do the same shit with Nintendo products. Don't you even fucking play. You bought Never 3D bought All-Stars. You bought 3D All-Stars twice. Okay, that's three twice. Times. Twice. Twice. I thought you said it was three times last episode. I thought about buying it for a third to keep <clears throat> a sealed one for when they're not sold anymore. Make my money back and then some. But I don't want to be that guy. Um, Cyberpunk is currently updating. Oh, Lord. boy. There we go. Here we go, fellas. Yeah, I need a full opinion on this shit. It's been too long. They fixed some stuff. Let's go back and see if my opinion has changed. Let's fucking go. I'm excited. Oh, no, you no. know what? If uh, if you're beating two games this week, I am going to try. Whoa, I didn't commit to that yet. <laughs> I'm just downloading <laughs> Cyberpunk. By the end Holy of the month. Shit. Well, month. I was about By to say, if you're committing to it, then I'll try to fucking do two also. Fuck it. I'll try to Fuck knock it. out. Okay. Two. Three hours of Fortnite is on the line in terms of a stream. Oh, camera, chill out, man. We uh, all, by the end of the month, beat two games, or all three of us have to stream three hours of Fortnite together. No, fuck that. At the end of the week, if we haven't beaten two games, we all have to We have to get Wednesday, on Twitch and kill bro. our... I know. <laughs> I work tomorrow. What do you mean? Listen, wait. If, whoa, what was the thing? I was fixing my camera. Hold on. If, uh... By the by, the time that we reconvene next week, we all have to have beaten two games, and if we haven't, we have to kill ourselves on stream. Pretty sure you just violated a TOS. I'm like, no, <laughs> you did. Ninety, but I was actually, it's like, well, would I rather do that or play Fortnite? So I was thinking about it for a second. Yeah, this haven't decided. Is it harassment if I'm harassing myself? Well, you also insinuated that he and I should do it. Yeah, so that is true. Uh, so now if I do, it's on have, your contract. We have a blood Jim pact. Jones? It's called Hello? the contract you guys signed when you got on the podcast. <laughs> Look, I, I've signed contracts before, and I know I didn't sign one for this. Yeah. The update is 24 gigabytes. Oh, that's not too bad. Oh, shit. I forgot to tell you guys what happened to me yesterday. Can I do that on stream? I'm going to do it on stream because it's an oh interesting story. Hang on. I'm. I got to get things going here, so... 
<laughs> I'll wait. As always, you can find us on social media for all things Culture Pop Hunting Pixels and the Culture Pop family of content. You good there, Austin? I'm you can good. find Hunting Pixels on Twitter at Pixelhunting <laughs> and on Instagram at Hunting. <laughs> you asked him a fucking TV. question, then cut him immediately off. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at the Bebop Man One Eight Two, on Instagram at Bebop Man One Eight Two, and on Twitch, which I have not streamed on for like three weeks at this point because life has been hell. Uh, but you can find me there, the underscore Bebop Man. Dylan is available on Twitter at OMDizzy, on Instagram at OMDizzyTV, and on Twitch at OMDizzy. And you can find Austin on Twitter at Big Papa Plays, on Instagram at Big Papa Stevens underscore, or Big Papa Plays, on Twitch at Big Papa Plays, and on TikTok. <sighs> hey, bro, Look, I, re- hey. I reached 114,000 on TikTok. I'm plugging it. Get over it. Views and he has seven hundred and eighty uh, followers. About a thousand. Uh-huh, well, followers. Fair That's enough. Good. I got almost yeah. a thousand followers in the last twenty four hours. So, well, there we go. <laughs> I'm playing. Uh, but he's uh, <laughs> at Big Papa Place. So, get over there, support him, all that fun stuff. Um, I've got to get going. We've all got to get going. Dylan's got to play Kingdom Hearts or some shit. Jesus Christ. Austin has some anime to watch. Maybe. I think I'm just going to bend I now have a challenge to take seriously. I can't fucking do anything else in my life. You got to do it. Got to get it done. But, all right. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.